0: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined by Amanda Loudon. How you doing, Amanda? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Oh, good. I hear you just got off the phone with someone kind of Impressive. I did. Um, just got off the phone with Kara.
1: Do we need to add the last name? I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's like Cher, you know, Madonna, right. Kara. Right. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Um, yes, Kara Goucher. Um, we were chatting about um, the fact that she's running the Leadville Marathon this weekend. Oh. Um, yeah. So this is her big change. No, she doesn't want to call it a big change. Um, it, it's her um, little expedition into trail running. Kind uh-huh. of giving herself uh-huh. a. Um, a break from the roads and she's really enjoying it. And, uh, it was just, it was really, really fun chatting with her. I think, um, I feel like with my career with, with writing in the writing space, I've talked to so many really cool elites, but Kara's one that I had not chatted with yet. So that was oh, fun. Oh,
0: nice. yeah, Nice. And yeah. who's, who's this article for? This is going to go into REI's co-op journal. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So, and so there, so the Leadville 100, which is the renowned ultra, has a marathon as well, or is this a standalone event? Correct. Well, I mean, it's, it's standalone,
1: um, but kind of what Leadville has done this year is they've added on a few races and kind of considering it all as part of a series in a way, oh. um, culminating with the 100 in August. But um, gotcha. so yeah, so yeah, so this is the marathon tomorrow. gotcha gotcha. or saturday rather today's (laughs) today's only wednesday (laughs) Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) sorry
0: (laughs) oh my gosh yeah we are recording this a week and a half or i get a week earlier than usual um so everything will be a a tad bit dated by the time people hear this but as we record this today's the last day of school for my kids Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yes, yes. And oh my gosh, so I I drive carpool for middle school and each of the, uh, with two other families and they each have a daughter. And so I thought yesterday was going to be my last day of driving carpool because I drive carpool on Tuesdays and oh my gosh, I just got so verklempt. I just, I was so glad it was sunny because I had sunglasses, I could put my sunglasses on and they wouldn't see me getting all teary eyed. Aww. and um on the first i got to drive on the first day of school for 6th grade and the school um always does this huge welcome where all the teachers are all all outside and they kind of are wearing you know really brightly colored shirts and cheering for the kids and they play this one song over and over again, the Bill Withers Lovely Day song. And, yeah. And, um, you know, when I wake up in the morning and, the sun, you know, da, 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 yeah. so yeah. I, I have a singer here in the studio. I should have him sing instead. But um, so anyway, so I've now added that to my marathon playlist because it reminds me of that happy day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so I'm like, oh, hey, kids. And I hook up my phone and start playing. I'm like, do you remember this song? And they all look at me like, No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i i could barely choke out the words to say it was playing on the first day oh. <laughs> of <laughs> so so i just such walked, a mom thing <laughs> oh I my just, gosh and i just thought i said I'm, I'm done i'm done i'm done i'm done so um oh my goodness yeah i could barely say goodbye to them and like all this stuff so then then um john had two friends stay over last night and so had to take um they had to get to school and so the people who typically would have driven on a wednesday don't have a big enough car So I'm like, oh, I got the Pacifica minivan, like, okay, and I text the family, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm driving again. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. and I I had told them that I'd gotten all, you know, kind of weepy, and they're like, oh, should we send some, you know, tissues out with the girls? I'm like, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin today, like, I'm done, (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) So, yeah, so anyway, so it was um, a a funny end, and I also... Um, I'm like, oh, well, we have a couple of reasons that next year we'll be going back to that school just for a couple um, events. So I'm like, it's not the last time I'll drive there and get to go in, so I don't have to get upset. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, so, so the main reason I'll actually get to carpool other kids back to Da Vinci is because John got into the Jefferson Dancers. It's um, mm, so exciting. It is so exciting, and which is... Um, Jefferson Dancers. If you haven't listened to a previous episode, is a semi-professional um, pro dance program at the high school that the public high school that John's going to go to, and the, the next year they're going to have 19 kids in it, and he was one of seven new students or new members to the program that got accepted, and um, he will be one of three males in the program, and the two others are seniors. And as John said after wow. the, John said after the audition, he said, "Mom." one of them looked like a man. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and oh, yeah. I, I, said, I said, well, what do you mean? I said, you know, did he just, and he's like, I said, well, maybe he was middle. And he's like, yeah, he just, he didn't look like a boy at all. He looked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, that, the high school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So sure <laughs> enough, that guy's a senior. And uh, this will be his first year on in the program. And so anyway, so the Jefferson dancers always go back to Da Vinci to perform for the middle school. And so I'm like, oh, I can carpool. Uh-huh. You know, I have to do volunteer hours. So I'm like, I'll do that. I'll carpool. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but that's so
1: exciting. I mean, because I know, you know, that it means a lot to him and he's worked hard and that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. It was. Um, And then I want to share the story of how I found out the news or how he shared the news with me, which was that. We knew we were going to find out um, uh, either Saturday or Sunday, and I'm uh, and he was at the coast with some friends at the Oregon coast at the beach, and um, had gone out there on Saturday for some girl's birthday, and so wasn't coming home till Sunday evening, and so he and I had decided that he would call me, and so but I was like, oh, it's pretty early, like I doubt they're up. I'm going to go drive up to the place where I love to go swimming and go for a run, and then do my first swim in the season. And so I get this text. So and we're both going to get emails. And so I get this text, and you know the my phone's hooked up, so the it's my car's reading them to me. And he's like, "Mom, mom, mama, you gotta call mom. Call me, mama, mama, mama." <laughs> <laughs> and, and so anyway, so I finally, um, luckily, I was near an exit off the freeway, and I pull into this dirt lot that's pretty close to the freeway. And so he needed there. I don't know. I think there were seven kids out at this. Um, little weekend getaway the house that they were staying in had a sauna and so he he facetimed me from the sauna
2: because it was
0: (laughs) because it was private Uh, (laughs) i guess guess that's a good testament to the phone that it can withstand those conditions i know i I kept saying to him i'm like john don't stand there much longer i don't know if your iphone could stand it right <laughs> and, and, and like at the beginning, he said, "Mom, it's 91 in here." And then as we kept talking, he goes, "It's 99." Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and, and he had brought his sleeping bag in with them. Oh my oh gosh! Oh my gosh! That's great. And, and so anyway, so we were facetiming and. Oh my gosh, I just started crying and you know, he could see Aww. that I was crying and uh it was I love it. Yeah, we were just we were just really, really happy about it. So yeah, it was it, yeah. was, it was nice. So For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will forever think of, you know, that one exit off of I five is the place. Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> the I mean, memories. you don't know, pick me up, you can hop in the car and drive by the exit. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so and uh, so you said before we got on you, you went swimming this morning? I did. I did.
1: And it's, we have, this has been the strangest Maryland summer because we keep getting these little shots of cold. I mean, mm. cold is relative, but like low humidity and it's lovely. And so this morning I went and swam outdoors and, um, and, and I, like, I'm still sitting here in a sweatshirt. I still haven't warmed up from it. So, <laughs> um, like this is just not
0: June in Maryland. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> oh my gosh! And this is a pool or this is open water?
1: And, uh, we have no open water here. Oh. Um, it's a pool. So, um, but it does open um, at the beginning of May. And well, I mean, I have access to all these pools here in town, but this particular one, they open the beginning of May and then it stays up until the end of October. So, um, oh, or no, nice. I'm sorry, the end of September, I'm stretching it. But, but so it's a nice night, long season with this particular pool. Yeah, yeah I really, I'm, I'm happy to have it. And I don't go indoors again until, you know, the end of the season. So...
0: Oh, and you're mocking me by saying, "Oh, I have several outdoor pools to choose from." It's like, "Oh yeah. I, I got I the I got the big fat goose egg on that account." <laughs> I know, but you have real open water, so I think I might trade that. Okay. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> I'm I'm actually so excited. I'm going to um the uh, marketing person for Goo, Celia, who's just a lovely person. I adore her. She is training for a triathlon and she just told me yesterday that she's coming up to Portland for a friend's wedding. And so she's like, can I stay with you? And I'm like, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So she'll stay here in the studio, the slash guest bedroom. And then she told me she was training for the uh, triathlon. She said, do you have any place we can go swimming? I'm like, why, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, typically I would not go up there on on a weekday because, you know, I, I do have um, workday boundaries. And I'm like, right. but I'm with one of our partners. So that counts as right. work. It's work, Yes, <laughs> it's, indeed it is. It's work. <laughs> and, uh, but, but then she did tell me that she has barely ever gone swimming. And I'm like, huh, is this a oh. bad move on my part?
3: And uh, <laughs> 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 maybe have a life belt
0: on hand.
1: Just I know, oh,
3: I
0: that's, a, that's actually a good call. Molly bought one of those things that is, um, have you seen them? They are, um, floaty is not the right term, but it's a thing that I think you kind of strap onto your one ankle and then it does have a little inflatable thing and it wouldn't keep you if you suddenly lost consciousness. I don't believe it would keep, you know, right. it wouldn't keep you up, but at least people would be able to find you. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I also, I also think it's for people who maybe swim where there's boats or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, so maybe I could have Molly loan Celia that thing at least yes at least we'd have yes. A, little, a little peace of mind right yeah that's a yeah. that's a problem yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so oh my goodness but I just oh, swimming outdoors is just such a delight
1: it, yeah. it really just is there's nothing better mm-hmm. um I was sad that when I came home and unpacked my bag, I discovered I left my swimsuit at the pool. So I have to make a trip back over to pick it up. But, um, you know, that's okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just hope that someone hasn't taken it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I keep keep debating when is it time for a new... Swimsuit, and I'm like, huh? I think I've had this one for several seasons. I only pretty much use it in the summer. Like, I don't know. It has become a drag suit, like what kids, you know, real swimmers use in pools. It it hasn't. It hasn't quite gotten to that stage where I'm thinking, ah, it's the start of the season. Maybe now is the time to to get a new one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think I'll keep the other one as a spare, just so that you know if if I do leave it somewhere and it does get absconded, you right? Know. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Good plan. All right. So well, um, today we are having three guests, all mother runners on the show and it's, um, it's June. I'm not, I don't know who might know this, but June is national migraine and headache awareness month. And so actually one of the guests is a migraine specialist and she actually recommended this topic and um, that guest is uh, just got finished up a degree a doctorate of nursing practice with a focus on self-management of migraine and the other two women who are going to be our guests are have practical living with migraine experience. So we'll be talking with these three women including answering some of your questions from Facebook after this brief break. Stay with us. Our first guest is Laurel Short of physical medicine and rehabilitation nurse practitioner with a special interest in working with individuals who have migraine. Laurel recently finished her doctorate of nursing practice with a focus on self-management of migraine. Completing her doctoral work gives Laurel some newfound free time, so she's training for a fall marathon. She lives in wonderful Kansas City with her husband and two kiddos who are age six and three. Welcome to the show, Laurel. Hi, thanks. So, Laurel, tell us a little bit about
1: your running background and tell us which marathon you're training for this summer.
3: Awesome. Well, um, like many Bammers, I did not grow up uh, necessarily having natural athleticism. I was more into marching band in high school, (laughs) um, which I was excited to hear that Dimity's son is also starting his journey of marching band, Um, and then uh, my parents had always been real active, and... When I was about 17, my dad talked me into doing a 5K run with him and training with him. And after I crossed that finish line, I was kind of hooked into running uh, recreationally through college. And I did my first half marathon um, in 2005 in Kansas City. And then after that, kept with half marathons for quite a while. And 2009, did my first full marathon. I've done five full marathons uh, but my last one was five years ago so Mm. that's why I kind of had the itch to to get going on one this year
0: nice yeah yeah so you had like a cluster of them and then had baby number one and then one more after that and then not since
3: exactly (laughs) my mind that's exactly Uh what happened yeah I did um I did one after Gavin my six-year-old and then um, had my uh, second one, Avery. And right after she was born, I started the doctoral program. So keeping with the half marathon distance was kind of perfect uh, for that for the last three years to kind of keep my sanity and keep the long runs in the mix. And so I'm, I'm really pumped to be starting the um, I'm doing the AMR, the Kansas City program for the Kansas City Marathon. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. The race like, race like a Mother program.
3: Yes. Yes. So we'll, um, we're kicking off this Saturday in Kansas city. And then, um, Amanda, I'm starting one of your plans next Monday. All right. I like it.
0: (laughs) You you got a lot on the horizon. Nice. Nice. I do. Yeah. (laughs) So Laurel, I love that you suggested this podcast topic. So tell us why you feel the topic is particularly relevant to women runners. Um, you know, personally, as you know, personally, the topic hits close to home, with me because my older daughter suffers frequently from migraine. And before you answer, I have to say, it seems like you use the term migraine as both singular and plural. Is that correct? Like you, you don't?
3: Yeah. So the, um, when we're from a medical standpoint, when we're using the term migraine as a singular, that's when we're using it as a diagnosis. So if someone comes to see me and I'm saying they have a diagnosis of migraine, I might use mm. it in that way. But then we interchange if we talk about someone suffers from migraine headaches or they suffer from migraines, um, then we're more referring to that they have episodes or they have these attacks of migraines.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a grammar geek, so we had to get that out of the way. So now... <laughs> yeah, so that's no, no, a, <laughs>
3: a fantastic question. And you'll also notice that we're seeing kind of a shift in how we refer to migraine uh, because there's a lot of stigma associated mm. with migraine, as, as you've probably noticed um, with your daughter suffering from this. And so really trying to emphasize that this is a chronic condition. Um, and so you'll even hear people talking about migraine disease or the disease of migraine, um, mm. really just to, to help um, with that as well. Mm. Um, mm. But I was so glad that you you know, were interested when I um, kind of pitched this topic, because in general, both women and men, migraine is under-recognized, under-treated. Um, but specifically in women, it's much more common in women, um, three to one ratio of women to mm. men. Um, Mm -hmm. And we see, um, especially women even starting in adolescence, and then it's very common that I see women coming in after they start having kiddos, um, saying, you know, I I had migraines, you know, every once in a while when I was a teenager in college, and now I'm just having them all the time, and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just feel like there's a lot of overlap between the AMR community um, and just women in general who suffer from Mm migraines.
0: Mm. Well, that, I'm disappointed to hear that maybe this is just the start of Phoebe's road instead of maybe going to be um, just something that she grows out. I was hoping maybe she'd grow out of it.
3: Mm. Well, the, the good news is the younger that someone recognizes they have it and, and the more uh, support and uh, you know comprehensive treatment they can get and the tools, the better that if they get it under control at a young age, it's less likely.
1: Interesting. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, so let's jump right into the questions that we've garnered from the Another Mother Runner Facebook page. Um, We've got one from Ingrid, um, who gets right into the nut of the matter, and she wants to know, how do you differentiate a regular headache, I guess regular is, is, uh, but a regular headache from a migraine? Um, she writes, when it comes to treatments, is there really a difference between the types of headaches? I call mine migraines, but they aren't usually located only on one side of my head. Rather, they envelope my entire head. sometimes right behind my eyes, sometimes not. But generally speaking, I need darkness and sleep to get rid of the headaches and nausea.
3: Yeah, this is it's a it's a really good concept to to explore a little bit, and she provided a good description of her headaches. Um, one key thing is people who have migraines, it doesn't always feel the same every time, and they can have different types of headaches. Um, but the, the basic way to understand the difference between a headache and a migraine is most of us know what it feels like to have a headache maybe on the front of our head. We got a little dehydrated, or we skipped our normal cup of coffee, things that cause kind of those what we call attention-type headache. Um, but the difference with a migraine is there's those other associated symptoms. So she talks about feeling nauseous, um, maybe feeling light sensitive, um, and then being sound sensitive is another very common associated symptom. So if someone comes in and is telling me they have head pain, plus at least a couple of these other symptoms, that's how we know it's a migraine versus another type of headache.
0: And then how about uh, uh, aura? Because that definitely Phoebe gets an aura.
3: Yeah, yeah. So not everybody gets aura. Um, less than half of people who migraine have aura, and it used to be thought of you know, if you didn't have aura or if the pain was on both sides of the head, you know, it would be a question, well, is that really a migraine? But now we know that um, you can have aura or not, and it can still be a migraine, um, and, and she may get aura sometimes and, and not other times.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that aura is, as I understand, kind of like a little halo effect, or sometimes for Phoebe, it's like a narrowing of her vision, and it's kind of going down to just her being able to see kind of like a pinprick.
3: Mm. Yeah, it can be a, really any change in your vision, so it could be as you're describing mm. a change in, in how she sees. Some people describe it like seeing floaters or mm-hmm. um, seeing shadows, um, and the only, I guess I could say, positive thing about having an aura is it can be a warning sign Mm -hmm. that a migraine is coming and then they can kind of really jump on trying to treat it quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got two questions, one from Elizabeth, one from Maria that are very similar and do certain foods cause migraines or is it things in the environment, you know, like, um, what's the correlation and are there things people can avoid in the hopes of, um, not getting a migraine?
3: For some people, uh, foods can definitely be triggers. And if you go, you know, Google food triggers and migraine, you can easily find a you know, list of, of common types of things. Um, for example, alcohol, you know, certain types of red wine can be common triggers. Um, but what I find is the same triggers aren't going to identify with everyone. Um, so really the best way to figure out if you have food triggers is to start keeping a simple log or a chart. It doesn't have to be real detailed, um, but just like almost like you would with your running journal, kind of looking Mm -hmm. for patterns, um, looking for uh, specific things like, oh, you know, I had a lot of dairy and then I Mm -hmm. noticed I had a migraine. Um, Some people want to be more detailed about it and they might try an elimination diet. So maybe cutting out uh, gluten, for example, or cutting out dairy for a month or two just to see if they notice a difference Um, but I definitely don't believe that everyone has the same food triggers Um, Mm -hmm. and usually what I recommend is just more following healthy eating patterns because it's um, more often going too long without eating, skipping meals, or Mm -hmm. having uh, too much sugar in your diet. Those to me are more common things than a specific food. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Hmm. Okay well along the lines of triggers um, we've got Cassie um, and Elizabeth, who are both wondering about um, about hormones and um, and their cycles and how that might play into their migraines, um, we, Cassie says, that if I have a hormone I have the hormon- hormonal migraine, I don't really buy that we can eliminate them, but how can we ease the sem- symptoms, and will this go away once I hit menopause? Please, sweet baby Jesus, say yes <laughs> <laughs>
3: So um, the short answer is yes, that hormones are likely contributing to migraine, and that's why we see three times more women having migraines than men. But unfortunately, it's really hard to predict exactly when that improvement will happen or exactly how how we can uh, kind of avoid those, those menstrual migraines. Um, but kind of the basic explanation of if, if you're someone who has those clockwork. I know every month at my time of my period, I'm going to have a migraine. Um, It can help to understand that it's the hormone shift that happens right before your period that often causes that migraine to trigger. So that's why you'll see um, OBGYNs often, if that is a common pattern that someone can say, yes, every single month I have these menstrual migraines, um, they may benefit from going on more of a continuous birth control. So it's less of that big shift i heard it described mm-hmm. one time like instead of jumping out of a three-story building you're only jumping out of a one-story building um mm-hmm. so so that that can be helpful um or if they can predict you know it's these three or five days every month there's certain medications that we can use that you don't have to take all the time that you can take just during your period um and then the other thing that that it makes me think about is controlling what you can control so i can't control mm-hmm. my period But what else can I do during that week to maybe um, reduce this overstimulation of my nervous system? So can I really watch my sleep schedule? Can I really make sure I'm eating healthy? Um, Can I really hydrate even more? And that may help as well.
2: Okay.
1: Um, And semi-related, there's a question from Judy who wants to know why her migraines seem to have gotten worse as she's aged.
3: Yeah, and that kind of goes against what we normally think, right? So you may hear women saying, well, I had migraines until I hit menopause and they, they went away, which is fantastic. That happens for some people, but unfortunately not with everyone. Um, and it could be hormone related, but it also could be completely unrelated to, to her age. So um, for example, if, if I'm seeing someone and they're telling me about this pattern of, you know, I used to just get migraines every once in a while and now it just seems like they're happening more and more, um, we think it's, think of it like your brain kind of getting in a bad habit. So once you start to have more migraines, it's almost like a song that's getting stuck in your head that your nervous system and these brain chemicals, they're just kind of um, doing this, this feedback loop on itself or, and, and not putting the brakes on very well. So it's, it's this bad habit that's developed. And so we have to come at different angles to, okay, how can we shift you back to where you're not getting them as often. Um, So I think that's kind of a key point that migraine happens on a spectrum. Um, If you're someone who starts out getting it twice a year, it might not always stay at that frequency. But at the same time, if you're someone who's getting them three times a week, we can absolutely get that number back down. It's just going to take some different strategies.
0: I was intrigued. You you brought up something in the answer before this that you kind of touched on there that I'd love you to elaborate on. You talk about the overstimulation of the nervous system. Is that sort of what um, is a thought as what might cause
3: migraine? Yes, absolutely. And that's why we think migraine, well, we know migraines run in families, right? So if uh, you're someone who gets migraines, it's uh, fairly likely that your kids will have migraine, especially if, if both parents have migraine, the kids are... Um, at least 80% chance to also have migraine. So yeah, so so we know it runs in families. Um, And so the thought is that people with migraine, it's just kind of how they're wired. That's how I explain it to patients. There's nothing you've done to cause this. It's how you're wired. And basically your brain and your nervous system is kind of more sensitive to the world. So even Mm -hmm. if it's a day where you're feeling good, you might not like really bright lights. You might not like loud noises. Um, And your brain is more sensitive to these different, you know, stimuli, uh, stimulation in the environment. And also your brain and your nervous system kind of wants to hold on to this information. And it's harder for your nervous system to put the brakes on. Um, It's easier for your nervous system to rev itself up. Um, And that's why it's not just head pain, but we have all these other symptoms that are involved. Mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Phoebe, her, you know, so she's a junior, just finishing up her mm-hmm. junior year of high school, and and that, she, you know, things in school definitely seem to trigger it, and she was supposed to take the SATs for the second time on June 1st, and she just was in agony the day before, couldn't fall asleep until 2, the night before, you know, was in a lot of pain, and so she'd already taken them once and done well, and she has time to take them again, so I'm it's like, just don't do it, just skip it. So
4: That's hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, but we're not here to talk about teen headaches because we are, (laughs) we we are another mother runner. So let's dive into some running related questions from the Facebook audience. So, um, Ginny says, and this seemed like a common, um, complaint among people, a few hours after a long run, if I don't get a nap in and how often is there time for a nap? I get headaches. I've worked on getting the right blend of electrolytes, water and nutrition during and after. Seems no matter what I do, blammo, bad headache that doesn't go away until the next morning. Sometimes it prevents me from sleeping. Suggestions, please.
3: I can definitely relate to her situation as well. I don't get severe migraines, um, but I often will get a headache like this after a long run or especially a race. Um, And she doesn't specifically say if she has migraines. um, Mm -hmm. So she may or may not. Um, But what this makes me think about is, Um, Kind of two things. So, people who get migraines, a long run or um, a race can be a trigger. But also, even those of us who don't have migraines can get headaches after these, you know, more intense or longer workouts. So, the the most obvious cause is dehydration, right? Um, And dehydration is uh, literally we have less blood volume and our brain tissue shrinks down, and so we have to rehydrate to uh, get rid of it. Um, But when someone are we, if it's someone that we know has migraines, they may be a little bit more at risk for this to happen. Um, so it sounds like she's already tried some things with her electrolytes, um, but it kind of makes me wonder um, how much she sweats. So those of us who are um, even kind of normal sweaters, if you, if you will, um, mm-hmm. sometimes we lose more salt than we realize. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if she has tried using the salt capsules or salt tablets, she may exper- uh, experiment with that a little bit. Um, and something that i found personally helpful is drinking chicken broth or vegetable broth mm-hmm. after a long or a hard run just to replace mm-hmm. um, some of the salt. I really like the mineral broth in the Run Fast Eat Flow cookbook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I know that Ginny lives in Houston, so I suspect there's a lot of sweating going on.
3: In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, is Houston more humid or dry? Oh, it's very humid. Oh, it's humid, oh. yeah. humid it's like a it's okay. like a swamp. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. because sometimes in the dry climates, like um, I kind of struggle when I go to Colorado because I don't realize how much yeah. what mm-hmm. I'm losing because you know it dries. That happened to me last year when I was hiking on Pike's Peak. I just didn't realize how much salt I was losing and ended up with a terrible headache um, at the end mm-hmm. of the hike.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Megan would like to know why do I get the occasional long long run hangover the morning after a big long run. Not every time, but at least a couple of times in a training cycle. The day off will be fine after the run, but the next day it'll be rough. And what should I be doing to prevent this?
3: This um, is kind of similar to the last question, except I think it may be more of a a delayed reaction to having some Mm -hmm. dehydration. And I know this has come up, Sarah, on your Answers podcast before, Mm -hmm. where... Um, women will ask about, well, you know, right after the long run, like I just don't have an appetite or I don't feel like taking anything in. Um, Mm -hmm. so I really agree with how you guys will recommend, you know, just doing small frequent meals after the Mm -hmm. long run or after the race, um, Mm -hmm. sipping on your electrolyte beverage. I also really like noon. Um, and some of the other things I'll recommend is coconut water because Mm -hmm. that's more of a natural electrolytes, it's not as sugary as some of the electrolyte drinks, um, and Pedialyte actually is a great mm. uh, replacement to use as well. Um, so I think even though she's not having it until the next day, if, she, um, if Megan kind of focuses on, um, she may think she's hydrating well, but even you know, kind of going above that, I just saw a research study quoted recently that um, people with migraine who upped their water Six cups a day more than they were already doing. Um, it helped with their their headaches quite a bit.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, huh. yeah. Hmm.
3: And then also so, other other mm-hmm. recovery things. You know that that may not seem to be correlated with dehydration or headaches, but it's so easy for us to just move on to the next thing with our kids yep. and our families. But you know, maybe wearing compression socks, um, doing a legs up the wall stretch, or you know some some mm-hmm. things to recover to make sure your body is really. Um, reset for the next day.
0: Mm -hmm. I like that idea of being reset. Um, um, So Stephanie says that she feels like her headaches, and again, I don't know what what type it is, come from tension in her shoulders and neck, and that um, once one hits, she just can't seem to get it to go away. Um, So she's interested in some non-drug solutions, and she says she usually gets them after a long run or speed work, and always after she pushes hard in a race.
3: I, I agree that this is also fairly common with neck tension um, kind of triggering or making headaches worse. Um, but we also know that people who have a lot of headaches and migraines have neck tension. So it's, it's mm. kind of that idea of like, well, which came first, chicken or the egg? And it's not necessarily mm-hmm. that the neck is always causing the headache, but they kind of play off each other. Um, mm. So a few thoughts on this. One is I would be... Um, interested to know if Stephanie is doing upper body strength training a few times a week or yoga because I find when you're when you're focusing on keeping the upper body and the core strong, then that can help if you're not fatiguing. Uh, muscles often become tight because they're fatigued. So if you can make sure they're strong, that can be helpful. Um, and other non-medication or, or non, non-drug options um, would be looking at physical therapy, especially if it's a physical therapist that can do dry needling. Are you guys familiar mm. with that? Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Dim's, um, Dim's a big
3: fan of dry needling. Yeah. yeah. So I think that dry needling can be helpful or something that um, a medical provider like a physician or, or a nurse practitioner can do is trigger point injections, which is kind of like dry needling, except we do lidocaine with it. Mm. Um, mm. And depending on, I don't know anything about her, her frequency or how often she's doing it, but a lot of patients that I see who are having Um, multiple headaches and migraines a month, like more than half the month they're having headache days. Um, We will um, do Botox therapy for their migraines. Mm. And some of the Botox goes in the neck area.
0: Yeah, Mm. I definitely, I definitely have heard about that. As long as we're talking about that, I want to um, skip down to a question we had. So what are some of the new treatments and that um, Botox injection is different than this new one that's a monthly injection, right? And and isn't, did, am I right in saying that I read something about a nasal mist or is that, am I delusional on that one?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, there's actually quite a few new things coming out right now. It's kind of, if you go to a, a headache meeting, you'll see all these headache experts getting very excited about the um, new mm. research and, and medication options. The biggest new category um, that uh, women are probably seeing commercials for and hearing things about um, is called. CGRP antagonist medication. So CGRP is one of the brain chemicals that is thought to be causing the migraine. So um, this is the first time we've had medicines that were actually studied from start to finish for migraine, which is why everyone's Mm. kind of so excited about it. Um, And what these medicines do is they block that nerve chemical. So they block Mm. the CGRP. The brand names, there's three of them that have come out in the last year is Amovig amgality and, and ajovi and it's a once a month shot that you give yourself at home so it's really mm. convenient um and so far they seem very what we're calling clean like no side effects and seem very safe so there's mm. there's a, a lot of um potential i think for those medications and the nasal spray sarah is a um, it's a new brand of sumatriptan sumatriptan Um, Everyone, uh, or many people would know of Imatrex when it first came out. Um, Mm -hmm. And that Sumatriptan has been around for years as far as a rescue medicine. So when we talk about Mm -hmm. migraine medicines, there's preventive therapies, uh, which you would take every day or you get your Botox every 12 weeks. And so the idea with those is kind of calming down that overactive nervous system. But then we also have rescue medications and so this new nasal spray, um, the idea with it is it gets absorbed more rapidly. So we're always trying to treat the migraine attacks quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, good.
1: Okay, well, um, Shawnee had another um, workout-related question. She has migraines that are triggered during her workouts, usually if she's switching from upright to prone. And in these situations, it comes on with an aura and comes on fast. Her solutions has been to avoid the trigger and modify the workouts, but she's curious if there are thoughts on why it might occur and if there are any suggestions for prevention.
3: Yeah. So it's not uncommon for a higher intensity workout. We kind of talked about the long runs already and how those can lead to headaches, but the higher intensity workouts can also trigger migraines or headaches for um, some people, especially if it's more hot and humid. So... In general, she's already doing what I would recommend kind of being in tune with what are these specific things that are causing it and modifying it. So she was talking about, I think, going, switching positions. Um, and so with the ups, like doing an incline instead of maybe going all the way to the ground. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly why it's that change in position that seems to be a trigger for her. Um, but also if it's hot and humid, that could be uh, a contributing factor so um, some people find it helpful to try to keep their core body temperature lower like she might try keeping a cooling towel with her on the run and seeing if that helps or drinking really cold water chewing some crushed hmm. ice right before she runs to lower her body temperature and see if that helps
0: Hmm. I've never heard I've never heard that as a way to stay cool to chew some ice beforehand I, I like mm-hmm. that
5: yeah, because yeah.
3: it kind of bring, it kind of brings down your core temperature. I'll do that sometimes. Um, in this, it gets pretty hot and humid in Kansas City too. So um, right before a long run, and you know, drinking really really cold water, um, or have or having some ice right beforehand.
0: Hmm. That's my repertoire. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Note to self: make sure to have some yeah. crushed ice. <laughs>
3: maybe maybe stash some coolers along your route. You know. Yeah yeah,
0: sure. yeah yeah oh my god i uh we have had just a sudden for portland a heat wave and everyone will laugh at me it's a mere 70 degrees at at 6 15 in the morning but that's that's just crazy hot and so i must have stopped at like seven sprinklers today on my run and i just was like unabashed walking up to someone's you know like yard like walking yeah. and just like bending down getting my arms making it go on my legs i'm just like yeah whatever hey whatever works <laughs> I, I know i know. I know. know. um so this last question comes from liz and it contains a headache term that was new to me post drome so please explain once i read the question explain to other folks what that means laurel because i actually i had to google it um so um she realized that there are triggers as as we've established there's um triggers vary uh person to person but anything to keep in mind in regard to a training plan related to migraine prevention because she says um Uh, you know, how long to wait post-drome to run. She said it uh, can take days for me to be pain-free post-bad migraine, but I assume, so she assumes she doesn't run until she's pain-free. But like, you know, if you're on a training plan, I I can imagine that Liz is hearing this like tick, 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 tick of, you know, time going by and thinking I got to get in my next workout.
3: So what do you suggest? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of break this up because I think she had a few parts to the question. As far as what to do on the training plan, it comes back to that concept of controlling what you can control. And I think Mm -hmm. um, the next uh, mother runner guests will kind of give some personal insight to that as well. Um, But usually migraine attacks are not just from one trigger. So Mm -hmm. if if there's multiple triggers like, well, I didn't sleep great last night because one of my kids woke up a couple times and I'm kind of stressed about this thing at work and oh, I didn't drink enough water yesterday. It's all those things together that can kind of tip you into having a migraine. So really just being mindful of all those good behavioral strategies. Um, and that was, that was what I focused on for my doctoral work. So there's an open access website. There's a lot of good tools on it um, that maybe we can link in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. It's just YourMigrainToolkit.com and anyone is welcome to go to it. There's some videos on there um, and some resources for these different lifestyle things. Um, but the other thing that's on there is the phases of migraine and, and that's what the, the post-drome term comes from. So um, the first phase of migraine, migraine we call prodrome where some people get an aura but some people don't. It may be other things like even yawning or a change in your appetite or a tightening at the neck, just these little subtle things. Um, and mm. then it goes into the headache phase where they have the headache and the other associated symptoms that we talked about. And then the, um, the post what most patients call it is their hangover, their migraine mm. hangover. Um, and it's where they just feel fatigued. They may still have um, a slight headache, but it's not as bad as it was. And they just don't feel well um, for it can, it can even last. Um, I don't know if this question or where the other question said that they don't feel well, even for up to a few days. And so kind of a key point I'd like to make with that is uh, when you see a headache expert, or you're talking to your medical provider, we want you to count all the days that you have symptoms. Um, so don't mm-hmm. tell your medical provider just about the bad days. Um, I'll often flip the question around and say, how many days per month do you feel crystal clear from the neck up? You know, how many days mm. per month do you not have symptoms? And that gives me a better idea about how um, how they're really being affected by it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm, hmm. So, do do you know? So, someone like you who's going to be training for a marathon this fall, you know, do you have to wait until the pain is gone until that hangover post-drome? is over before you start running again in the fear that it would bring back, you know, the more significant pain, or can you run when you're kind of, if you can muster the energy in that period?
3: So in, in that kind of post-drome or that, that hangover phase, I would encourage her to, to try, but go at maybe a slower pace or, or a little bit lighter, because actually if, if you're in that phase where it's, when a migraine is peaked the exercise, will Usually make it worse, and, and you won't mm. you just won't feel up to getting out the door. But in that mm-hmm. that last phase, kind of getting the blood flowing and getting the endorphins going can actually help um, mm. with with the pain man, pain management in general, um, mm-hmm. but specific to migraine. Um, personally, I feel like just getting the blood moving, um, getting out there, uh, can act, can help, um, but. The caveat would be probably not a super long run or, or a super strenuous run. So she, that would maybe be another point with the training plan is I don't want her to beat herself up if she needs to adjust things a little mm-hmm. bit and, and be flexible. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Laurel, for suggesting this topic and for being the expert on it. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic.
0: Our next guest is Andrea Yule, a 40-year-old mother of seven-year-old twins who also lives in Kansas City. She's sitting right next to Laurel. Um, (laughs) uh, Andrea is a research administrator working in higher education. Andrea has been having migraines since puberty with more severe attacks in the last two years. Um, Thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you. It's nice to meet you and talk with you all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, twin powers activate, uh, my boy, girl twins turn 14 next month. Um, wow. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you find it challenging
4: to have twins? Um, you know, there are good days and bad days. Today is actually their <laughs> eighth birthday. So oh, how exciting. All right. Yeah. So we're going to have some fun this afternoon, um, uh, to, to, to create to, their challenges. Two cakes or one, two
0: parties or one party?
4: Um, This year will be the first time that we do two separate parties. Ah, They're very much looking forward to that. We have uh, Power Rangers and Ariel. (laughs)
2: That's
1: awesome. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your background as a runner. How did you get started and and where are you today with it?
4: Uh, So I started running um, in middle school. I had a uh, middle school PE teacher. We had to run the mile for a physical education test. And um, he seemed to think that I ran it well and fast. And so he (laughs) encouraged me to join the middle school track team. And um, I liked The distance um, that was provided for our school uh, was a mile and a two-mile, and then, of course, the mile and two-mile relays. And I kept up doing that uh, through high school. And then in college, I um, recreationally ran and um, started doing uh, longer distances and um, did a bunch of 5Ks and 10Ks and probably worked myself up to, Um, like 13 miles in college. Um, It was a great therapy for me when I was uh, stressed or studying too much. Uh, Well, probably not too much, but (laughs) all nighters. Um, And then um, when uh, my husband and I uh, met and got together, he was also very active. And uh, we kind of just Still, I probably ran three times a week, just kind of as my um, emotional and uh, physical outlet. And then, um, when uh, yeah, when we got married, we both kind of yeah, we're doing five k's, ten k's a little bit. And then, um, when I was pregnant with the twins, we had a lot of uh, binging Netflix time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and um, a lot of time where I was on the couch, you know, couldn't really move around a whole lot. And we uh, watched a documentary called "The Spirit of the Marathon." Yeah, uh,
2: yeah.
4: I don't. Yeah, if you're familiar with that, uh, which is a fantastic documentary. And of course, I felt while being pregnant with twins, I was uh, <laughs> kind of in my own marathon at that <laughs> point. <laughs> And, uh, we looked at each other and we were like, we could do that. Let's do that. (laughs) And it was kind of a joke. I mean, it was, Oh, that's, that's a great idea. Um, but I found myself. So the first year after having my children, um, was, you know, an adjustment. There was not a lot of sleep. There was not a lot of time, um, to ourselves, either one of us, um, and I just really felt like I needed to gain myself back. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the twins were about six months old, I started running again. And I, um, one day I went out. It, it's kind of a strange thing. But one day I went out, and um, I hadn't run more than three miles. And I just said, you know, I'm going to go five today, and I'm going to go as hard as I can. <laughs> and it was a beautiful day. And I just felt awesome and i came home and i told my husband i'm gonna look for a half marathon and i'm gonna sign up and (laughs) i did and i did the go girl run and that was in uh 2012 and uh, my husband and my kids came out and uh saw me finish the race and i had a wonderful time of course first race no expectation um and I I had that high, that immediate high. And my husband looked at me and said, you know, maybe I'll do that too. (laughs) So We both kind of, um, started running and, um, he's completed quite a few more than myself, but, um, I think to date I've done now 17 or 18 half marathons, um, and three full marathons. But in, um, 2012, um, after we kind of got into doing a series of half marathons, um, we decided we can do this full marathon thing. Let's sign up for Chicago. <laughs> huh. So we did Chicago in 2014. It's still my favorite race. I just started my 18 week training program to do it. Um, this coming October again. Um, nice. yeah, so, uh, that's kind of where I am now.
0: And nice, nice, I love nice, it. nice, and and so how do how do you know how do your migraines? Tell us a little bit about your migraines, how they present themselves, and then you know kind of how they affect your running.
4: Yes. So, um, as you said um, in your introduction, I have had migraines since puberty, um, kind of mm-hmm. off and on at different times in life. They've been more severe and since i've had children um every year they've gotten increasingly more severe and chronic mm. um in the last two years uh specifically they have become more intense and up until about 2 months ago i was probably only having four or five headache free days a month
2: mm. Mm.
4: and um For me, they present often in the middle of the night. I'll wake up with um, kind of just piercing pain on the left side of my head. And Mm. I almost can't see out of my left eye. And when I do open it, it, I get the aura. Mm. And recently, I've started also getting vertigo.
0: Oh, wow.
2: And
4: so, you know, I have probably, like, 12 steps to my bathroom from my bed, and mm. often I, I will slip from oh, geez. that. Yeah, and that's, that's been the most awful, I guess, of the symptoms I've had recently. Um, but for me, even um, with the running over the last few years, what I find um, is that I have to allow myself to be flexible. Mm-hmm. I cannot you know get so upset about myself if i miss the run if it means i can't do it this morning i can't do it this morning i just that's when as laurel was talking about the things that you can control it mm-hmm. really um motivates me to control uh, those good behaviors to mm-hmm. make sure even sometimes when you have a migraine you don't feel like drinking anything, especially if you're nauseous. I'm often nauseous, but it helps me remember, okay, if I want get to get to this run, if I want to make my goals, and often if I want to sleep better that next night, um, mm-hmm. sometimes I find in the hangover phase of the migraine, the next night I can't go back to sleep. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's, um, I'm kind of overstimulated or what that is. But again, um, I have to just really concentrate on making sure that I get uh, a really good breakfast, sometimes uh, a smoothie with some protein powder, fruit, um, and also, yes, some electrolytes in. Uh, Mm -hmm. Always my cup of coffee. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it helps me then start to recover throughout the day and then, you know, if I have to do a run at 9.30 after the kids go to bed, then I'll do it. And if it has to be, you know, three miles instead of six, then then I'll tack on those other three uh, throughout the rest of the week as I'm feeling better.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering, I mean, it, so clearly it impacts your training here and there. Um, have you had any times where migraines affected your races other than
4: the quality of your training um so i've i've been really lucky um in 2014 when i did the chicago i felt great i didn't have um, a bad day in 2015 i did the Cowtown marathon in uh, fort worth texas and um, that day i woke up with the start of a migraine and there was a lot of other things going on that day I uh, ended up with a broken foot as well so oh there, was, there <laughs> were a lot of things going on um, but uh, I can always tell at about mile three uh, if it's gonna go one way or the other and huh. at mile three um, and I think it's just that my body doesn't actually and I've noticed this the more um, you become a distance runner. You know, I used to be able to warm up by, you know, one and a half miles. But for me, my body really doesn't warm up until about three miles. Mm
2: -hmm. And
4: at about mile three, I can kind of tell is it going to go one way or the other. And Mm -hmm. again, for me, it's the kind of the left side, I can Mm -hmm. feel the left side of my uh, head behind my eyes is kind of is it, is it tightening up is it or is uh, vision starting to get blurry uh, do i feel like heat is trapped in my head a lot of times mm. it feels like you're getting overheated mm. um, and so at that point um i knew that i wasn't doing great but i thought i could catch it and so um I stopped uh, with my running partner, and we uh, did some noon tablets, some chews, mm. and I walked for about half of about half a mile. Um, and I also took in some carbs. I took in some uh, gluten-free crackers, and I really felt like it made the difference. It was like my body asking me to, you know, just I need something. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I I did continue with the headache, but it wasn't as severe for the rest of the race. Um, So, and I I did end up uh, being able to finish. Now, the next day was a different story, but, uh,
0: yeah. Wow. 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 Man, you (laughs) earned that medal. Wow. (laughs) I I did. I really did. (laughs) It, It was a
4: very long time on my feet. It took me a really long time to finish, but... Once I got, you know, as you get past, like, mile 20, um, as you know, you get past mile 20, and you look at that last, you know, 6.2 miles, it's really hard not to finish it. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. walk, skip, one foot, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. um, Also, I would say that um, rough days are, I have a running partner um, who is um, one of my very dearest friends and even on days when we get out to do our training runs, um, and then these races, uh, we talk to each other and she often, um, will talk me through things when I just can't do it. I can't focus. I'll, I'll look at her and I say, Monica, can you just tell me a story? Oh. And she'll just, she'll, you know, talk to me for about 20 minutes. Tell me a great story about what her kids did this week or, you know, what her boss said to her or whatever and it's uh it's really great it'll sometimes just allow me to i count in my head when i run sometimes like just Uh one two three four one two Uh three four uh, Uh to get myself back into a rhythm and to breathe and her just talking to me helps it just helps me so much and that support knowing that she's there if you know
0: Hmm. Nice, nice. That's so awesome that she, it sounds like she also then is flexible as well. So that's wonderful. You found some. She, like <laughs> she is.
4: She is. <laughs> we will often check in in the morning. Our morning text messages. Is today a good day? Or are we going tonight?
0: So yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, we wish you continued, um, you know, success on your, your races. You, um, definitely, like I said, you earned that medal. So, um, <laughs> so thank uh, you so much. Yes. Hope you find some relief from those headaches. Thanks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. bye right. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next up is Melissa Gastorf, who lives in Oklahoma. She's the mom of two teenage sons. Melissa is a family medicine physician for the Cherokee Nation in the northeast corner of Oklahoma. Uh, Melissa started having migraines in college, but they didn't start being regular until medical school, which I can imagine must have been a total, <laughs> total buzzkill bummer. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I'm sorry to laugh at your expense, but wow, um, that must have been a lot yeah. to juggle. So, um, So thanks for coming on to talk about your headaches, Melissa.
6: Oh, you're welcome.
1: So you've got a lot on your plate. You're a mother, a runner, a physician. Um, tell us how you manage it all.
6: Uh, well, my kids fortunately are getting older, so they can do some things on their own. Some um, things, yeah, so yeah that, let's uh, underline that, yeah. <laughs> some, <laughs> and, but um, I work about, I work four 10-hour shifts, and I don't have to take call anymore where I'm working, so that makes it a lot easier. So I get done with the day, and I'm done. Mm. um at the clinic so that does make it easier and then um i just found that for stress relief i i need to do the run after i work and
0: Mm.
6: or so
0: wow so you run after a 10-hour shift
6: yeah um i don't like to get up early enough in the morning to do go do it the other way so i found that it's afterwards works better for me
1: wow that's impressive yeah
6: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, so tell us a bit about, uh, your running in particular, we hear that you're running the
6: Berlin marathon this fall. I am. Um, I got back to running about two years ago. I did it in high school and then I I ran cross country and track in high school and then college. I just did it afterwards as a way to keep in shape. And I did it up until right about the time I got pregnant with my son and then I just pretty much stopped. So, uh, (laughs) You know, I just stopped and didn't do anything for a few years. And then I got back into about 10 years ago or not 10 years ago, about two years ago as a means of stress relief and trying to get back in shape. And
0: And how many how many marathons? I mean, you're not just jumping into the marathon for the first time this fall in Germany, are you?
6: No, no. um, I ran. Well. Houston was supposed to be my first marathon the, in January, but I signed up for a half and half thinking I was in my mind for whatever reason, I was thinking I was doing two halves, which I was like, it, it, they're back to back. So it's still a full. So I actually did that first, but I fell and broke my arm during it. So, oh. um,
5: <laughs> on the, wow. cause it
6: was partially trail and partially, um, pavement. And I broke my arm on the, on the trail part. So then I, I had gotten out of the cast about two weeks before I did Houston. So,
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. Wait, so you fell during training or during a race?
6: And broke no, ground? I just fell during the race. I fell on the trail during the oh. mar- the half and half marathon. And it was cold enough that even though I knew it was broken, I couldn't feel it. So I just continued and finished. <laughs> 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 May not have been the best choice. God, saying, but
0: <laughs> I, I, I'd like to say that, um, you and, um, on, Andrea, like just prove that like migraine sufferers, like are put up with a lot of discomfort and pain. Like hearing her talk about getting through (laughs) Chicago and you'd be like, Oh yeah, I broke my arm in a race, but I kept, I finished it anyway. It's like, (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's next level stuff. Um, So um, tell us a little bit about your migraines because it, it sounds like they maybe started out being triggered by hormones and then by stress um i i don't know you're, you're the doctor so kind of explain that to us
6: i think the hormones are what really started it because it was mostly um with my menstrual cycle when i was in college and then stress definitely made it worse in medical school and then um they uh and then as i went on with time it was the stress they were getting more and more frequent and i was actually on medicine to prevent i was on well on dopamax as we like to call it because it kind of made me all feel funny and then I um they put me on a different one that worked for a while and then they kind of stopped for a while um about a year year and a half and I went off medicine and then now over the last couple I want to say the last six months they seem to be kind of coming more frequently so I don't know if it's stress um I've had a an ablation done so I don't really have I don't know when my cycle is anyway so I couldn't relate it to that anyway at this point mm-hmm. but like I said some it, they have become more frequent lately that I just I am debating whether or not I want to go back on a medication or try one of the newer drugs out there or not I haven't firmly decided whether or not they're frequently enough yet to do that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well now I know the question to ask how many
0: days a month are you symptom free <laughs>
6: Um I, I am probably mm, I'm probably about 20 days a month symptom-free. Oh, okay. okay. So I more more often than not, which is why I'm still kind of whether or not I want to go ahead and do the medication or not. But there were times I was getting them almost every other day or a couple times a week. At, so I, that's when I was on medication. That's why I went mm-hmm. on the preventative. So. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. And and so, beyond medications, have you you tried any uh, diet changes or lifestyle changes? Anything that's helped in that
6: regard? Yeah, I I went on taking magnesium at night just to make Mm -hmm. sure because I and it seemed to actually help. It it does seem to help to keep most of them. And as long as I kind of follow a fairly healthy diet, I mean, I'm I'm by no means you know poster child for you know what a healthy (laughs) diet should be. But um, and as long as I don't drink too many. sodas with the caffeine because if I drink too many of those and then when I come off of it it'll trigger almost like the caffeine rebound headache which will usually end up going into a migraine so I just kind of have to watch so
0: uh huh. Uh huh. All right. So, and how have how have um migraine headaches affected your running and racing? Like, are there any standout anecdotes to share with us? Other because you know, the it's gonna be tough to you know beat the broken arm one, but if you can
6: think of you know an equally. Uh... You know, I did the I did the flying pig half marathon, and the night before we met up, and actually I think Andrew was there at the dinner before, and I actually had to leave dinner early because I felt one coming on. And oh. I was hoping that it'd be gone by the next morning. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And I, um, so I knew it wasn't going to be a great run, but I, I was like, oh, you know what? I paid for it. Um, that way I don't have to tell my husband that I didn't even run it. And and so <laughs> I went, I went out and I, at mile marker five, I had the, I, I had the full-blown aura that I could, I had the spots in front of my eye, my right oh. eye and, And then um, I was right next to the the people handing out beverages, uh, water, and I don't know, I actually just went right, they were right next to a drink, so that may be the only reason why they probably didn't get grossed out, and I just always, because someone had given me a chocolate kiss or something that I was just trying to get something and to get it under control, and chocolate is not very good the second time, and so right next (laughs) to these people, I'm, I'm vomiting next to them, and then I'm going, well, I'm... I'm here, I might as well just, so I I ended up walking that one, I couldn't even see out of my, um, my. actually it's my left eye most of the time, I couldn't even see out of my left eye as I was, well, I, like I said, I just ended up walking it because I knew there was nothing, oh no way to goodness. run it at that point, so I just walked in, and point to, sometimes when I had, about halfway through it did start to kind of ease a little bit, not terribly, not totally, but it did kind of, that it was just kind of more of a throbbing, but like I said, I still couldn't see out of that eye, and then,
0: wow
2: i was wow. never more
6: ready than to be finished with that race but it it, it <laughs> wasn't it definitely was not a good time for me but <laughs> that no.
0: wasn't your p I, that wasn't your pr no
6: uh, <laughs> that was not my pr no it was not i just uh, like i said but i had i pushed through it and um and i actually had done big sur the weekend before so i wasn't playing on pring it anyway so i just i wow. just went with it and but there it like if it's a training night that i'm supposed to run and i come home at I, if I feel it like bad enough, I often will just kind of say, you know what, this is, it's not worth trying to do it at that time. But usually if I, if I get the R and I can treat it soon enough with what, with, um, either caffeine or, or something with a little bit of, um, carbohydrate or whatever, a lot of times I can still run. But if, if, if it's feeling bad enough, I actually will, and it's just a training run day, I will just kind of call it and say, I'm, I'm going to go to bed and,
2: mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm.
6: And take like Benadryl or Fintergant and just go to sleep. So um, now, usually, if I if I can get it under control before I start vomiting, usually that's usually I'm okay. But and I'll even work that work with it heads with just the throbbing headache all day. But like I said if I start vomiting, then it's all over. I have to go back. I have to go to bed because there is no getting that one under control until wow. I well, sleep. I- so.
0: I gotta say, it, you know, it's it's dreadful that women get afflicted by migraine three times more than men. But man, I don't think men could deal with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's the cross we were meant to bear. I mean, hearing you know you all tell these stories, it's just like, oh my gosh! And and here I am, like, oh, it got really tough around mile ten because I was you know undertrained. It's like, oh my gosh, what are what are other people around with migraine suffering during races? So so my hat is off to you, Melissa. I, uh,
6: I agree. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: well, and I guess our last question is, do you have any training tactics or advice, um, especially for those um, women who early on, you know, mentioned the next day hangover type feelings? Um, any, any advice or things that you found have, have helped you in that,
6: that regard? Um, the biggest thing i found is, you know, making sure you've got all the nutrients. So, like I said, the, mag- the magnesium seems to help try to some of those symptoms, which is more, more of a natural way of doing it. And then, um, otherwise the, I don't have a good recipe for the hangover the day after, you know, usually I just kind of suffer through it and move on. And, but Mm -hmm. like I said, I don't have any good recipes or techniques for the the day after, like I said, I just kind of see how I'm feeling. And, you know, if I'm still in the migrate effect, I'll take it easier that day for sure. So. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. And then how do you kind of I mean, it sounds like you race, you know, you here you say you've only been back into running for two years and yet you've already mentioned a bunch of, you know, Big Sur, mm-hmm. Flying Pig, all those, you know, that half and half one. So you've done a lot of racing. I mean, do, do you kind of just have to get okay with the idea that your training is going to, you know, we all have training, pl- you know, no one follows a training plan to the letter, but it sounds like having migraine means really having to get okay with um, being a little more loose with how you follow it.
6: I think I think so. I think you do, Cause I, because, you know, if at some point you do have to do the long run, whether or not, you know, if you have to change it a day or if you've got to. Um, but the shorter runs, you know, you can always, you know, if you need to skip it, that's OK. But like I said, you do have to get OK to be a little bit more flexible with the schedule to get them
2: mm-hmm.
6: to be able to get the runs in that you do need. So, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, all right. Well, good luck with your training for Berlin and your trip over there. That's going to be very exciting, Melissa. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Amanda, I got (laughs) to say. Like, do you just feel like, like such a wimp right now? I know. I know. I'm just like, wow. Okay. I'm going to remember these
1: gals next time. I think I'm suffering out there.
0: I know. I know. That's the thing. My gosh. Oh boy. Wow. 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 Well, I hope that I hope um, they were able to impart some um, suggestions and and camaraderie to people who, yeah. um, Yeah. I, I have to say it also now has given me a much, um, greater empathy for my own daughter so yeah for sure yeah 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 well um let's uh take a listen to dimity in the train like a mother corner
5: hey everybody it's dimity here with your train like a mother club corner you may hear a really annoying fly buzzing around my office i have tried for way too many minutes to kill the little bugger But he wants to live. So he and I are bringing you this corner. Um, It is from the triathlon group. It is Gina talking. And um, she says, ladies, I love triathlon training. It's my first go with it. And it's my favorite training. I'm halfway through and thinking how far I've come. In March, I got in the pool. And after 50 yards, I pretty much thought I couldn't breathe. This morning, I swam 1,650 yards. I didn't know I could pedal up hills until I did. I had no idea how to put on a wetsuit until I did. I also had no idea how much I would enjoy swimming and biking. My body loves the variety and feels strong. I get to do this. I get to. I get to push through hard trainings, try new things. Tonight I celebrated big wins. I do double workouts on Mondays because I'm off work. Morning swim and then I spin and run in the evening. I ran my fastest pace in two years. I stopped in the brewery on the way home and rewarded myself. Celebrate the wins, ladies. It's not all easy and some days are downright hard, but we are doing it. Love that so much. Love that she figured out um, that her body likes a different kind of training. I love our triathlon programs in the Train Like a Mother Club. So if you have any interest at all, I would definitely check them out. Um, And I just love that she's just thriving and her picture is lovely. She is just smiling like the rock star that she is. So great work, Gina. Great work to all you guys. Hope you have a great week ahead. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, if you are a fan of the show, which
0: you might be because you're still listening at this point, um, please leave us a five-star rating uh, wherever you listen to our podcast or tell someone about the show in real life and show her or him how to subscribe to it. Um, Thanks to the AMR logo on my Pacifica, I recently landed us a new subscriber in the Trader Joe's parking lot. Uh, So it can happen. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles.